Welcome to Popcoms, where two communications insiders and one pop culture enthusiast come together to talk about the entertainment news of the month. Well, it's our holiday themed episode, and we're covering a certain phenomenon. Tis the season to find a boyfriend, preferably a prince, for the holidays, or spend time with that love to hate to love ex. We're talking about the holiday romance movie craze, why there's such guilty pleasures, and the ones that made our nice list that you should watch. So, let's get the show started. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Rosemary Jean-Louis, a.k.a. RJ, the host of Popcoms. I'm one half of the communications insider's side of the panel with over 15 years of media and comms experience. Joining me on the comms side is Katrina Wilcox. How are you doing, Katrina? Hi, RJ. Wonderful to be here today. So tell us more about you. I am a communications freelancer and executive ghostwriter based in Omaha, Nebraska, but I work for corporate clients from Georgia to California to Florida. Excellent. Glad to have you. We are also joined by our pop culture enthusiast, Tara D. How are you doing, Tara? I'm good, RJ. How are you? I'm excellent. So happy you're here to join us. Tell us about you. So I'm excited to be here. I'm uh, the host of the Ask Your Recruiter podcast, and I'm a real-life corporate recruiter that empowers women to ace their interviews, get the jobs they truly deserve. And from time to time, I spill some of the juicy behind-the-scenes details of your favorite companies. Awesome. So we definitely want to check your podcast out. It's Ask the Recruiter, right? Ask your recruiter. Yep. Ask your recruiter. So check that out, listeners. So we have two excellent panelists today, and we're going to get right to it. How many cheesy Christmas romance movies, uh, excuse me, I mean, holiday romance movies have you watched so far? Do they involve a prince, a small town, leaving New York City, traveling to Norway, and of course, falling in love? Well, let's check in with our panel on this. This holiday romance movie craze started with the Hallmark Channel and it has erupted across networks. Lifetime, Netflix, Wii, even movie theaters. Essentially, you know it's the holidays when these romance movies start to come on your TV, usually around October a little bit after Halloween. Let's talk to our panel about this panel. Why have these movies grown so much and what is their appeal? Let's start with Katrina. I think it's like junk food. It's like you pop a bag of chips, you eat a few, and then you can't stop. You know, it's just kind of mindless stories that are so beyond the, they're so beyond what would happen in real life that you, I mean, just require such a suspension of reality that you kind of have to just let yourself go, not fight it and shut your brain down 
in order to watch these movies. It's either that or people really just enjoy making fun of how implausible the plots are. What do you say to that, Tara D? Basically, this is junk food. Do you like these movies or are there some people who you know can't stop talking about them? I have to agree with Katrina because I think it's escapism, right? Because the holidays are already stressful. And so this is a great way to just kind of turn off your brain and not have to engage too much in something. And if you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all. And so, you know, the plot is just the easy escapism form of entertainment. But what do both of you make of the expansion of the formula to include more diverse couples? You have now there are gay couples there. They've expanded it to Jewish couples. There's a Kwanzaa holiday romance movie. What do you think about the industry being more inclusive in that way? I think it's great and it's to be expected. I think, you know, over the past few years in particular, there's really been a lot of conversation both in media and uh, in corporations about acknowledging more and catering more to the complete audiences of that there are out there that are you know, paying money and and buying products from your sponsors. And that also are audiences that need to be catered to beyond mainstream. Very true. What do you say to that, Tara? Agreed. I think I think it makes sense because people want to see themselves reflected on screen. And so all different types of people, we all have different types of love stories. And so we want to see that and we want to see that reflected. We want to look at the screen and see ourselves. It's also just easy to take that blueprint and put it onto not only different types of couples, but different cultures, right? I just saw recently in Netflix and the upcoming movie selection, they have one from South Africa tying into the I need to find a boyfriend by Christmas type trope. It's called Yo Christmas. And it's, again, a person has to find a boyfriend by Christmas to prove to her family that she has this boyfriend that she says she has. There's another one that's Italian. She's a nurse and she has to find a a boyfriend for Christmas. That one's called I Hate Christmas. So essentially, love and the holidays is basically international and goes beyond, quite frankly, cultures, countries, and backgrounds, right? I love how even though the characters are diverse, this storyline is is not deviating. That formula is, is staying the same, whether you're in South Africa or Italy. And it just makes it easy to follow. So it, especially with Netflix, given that it is a global company, most of the streaming services typically are, but Netflix, yeah, bread and but- butter is global, that they need to have these storylines be easy to follow and to translate to different cultures and in different languages. And so that the Italian audience can watch it, but also we can as well and just turn on our subtitles and or listen to the dub track and watch this Italian movie and enjoy it just as much. Let's let's look at this from our, our comms lenses, Katrina, as well as your Ask Your Recruiter hat, Tara. Here's one movie from Netflix. It's called The Christmas Prince. And it was one of one of these popular ones that kicked off the I Fall in Love with a Prince during Christmas time movies. So in A Christmas Prince, you have an American blogger played by the New Zealand actress Rose MacGyver. 
she goes to investigate this prince of Aldovia. And a lot of these movies, they have Adovia, Kyle Dovia, Aldovia, Genovia, whatever type of made up name of the country. So she's investigating this prince and then they fall in love. So here's the thing, <laughs> from a calm standpoint, could, could that happen? I mean, as comms people who, especially those of us who handle like executive comms, do we get that intimate and embedded with the the executives that we we cover? Katrina, pull back the curtain a little bit on that. I mean, hey, you never know what some people do, right? Like, <laughs> it's definitely not recommended professionally. And I would say, especially in this context where, you know, she's a blogger, so she's she's media, she's essentially a journalist. And so she definitely would want to be objective about the source that she's writing about. And I don't think that being in a relationship with him would allow that. It actually reminds me of something else that's kind of a big story right now on Netflix. There's a documentary out there that's in like their top 10 most watched about a journalist who was covering a surgeon who was doing these supposedly revolutionary surgeries. And she did begin dating him and was engaged with him actually before the piece that she was writing came out. And, you know, she wrote, she, she was a journalist for a big outlet and he got a lot of really positive press, you know, only to find out much further down the line that he was a fraud and that there was some real, uh, some really unethical things he was doing in these surgeries. And she was in that difficult position of having kind of helped to, to bolster him because she was uh, romantically involved and not able to be as objective and skeptical and question as much. So in this case, I would say, you know, definitely she pro as much as tempting as it would be <laughs> to fall in love with the prince is probably not a great career move. I wish uh, we could have done the video version of this because listeners, you would have seen our eyes, just my eyes and, and Tara's eyes just like like bulge with with shock as Katrina was telling us this story. Like, oh, my goodness, what in this real life? So certainly the Hallmark version would be they lived happily ever after and she won the, the Pulitzer for, for telling this story. <laughs> but clearly in real life, it's a no-no. So yeah. Tara D, as as your eyes were just like popping out of your head listening to this story. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm thinking maybe you're also thinking from your ask your recruiter type HR background lens. Yeah. Uh, what is your reaction to something like, especially to to Katrina's example, but yeah. also just to this this plot line of you know not advised to fall in love with the subject you're covering? Right. So I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen either of the movies. So the real life documentary, but now I want to watch it, <laughs> or the the romantic comedy. But the first thing that came to my mind with that is like, for sure, there'd be like a big conflict of interest, right? In any workplace. And then I also am thinking about like, if, it, if you're trying to date a prince or anybody of royalty, there have to be, I'm assuming that there must be protocols in place. I've not worked at a palace, but I'm just assuming that there have to be some protocols in place for employees and employers and even how you know, regular people outside of the royal family are to interact with these people. Because I think I remember seeing like Meghan Markle being shocked at like all of the different protocols that even 
her husband had to follow. And she was like, this is your grandma. And he was like, she's the queen. (laughs) So if it applies to just like her grandkids, surely it must apply to, you know, a reporter. So conflict of interest, I think of, again, protocols and just, I mean, do do palaces have an HR department? I don't even know. (laughs) They may not. So, but I still think that there are some rules that were broken. There have to be. Yeah, well, depending on which palace you are, they might have an HR department, like supposedly, you know, Prince Harry's place, they called it the firm. They had supposedly an HR department and there's all this back and forth of things that were leaked over how they treated Megan and how or how they didn't treat Megan. But other places like our fictional Aldovia, which is probably a population of 2000 or whatever, probably does not have an HR department. But all great points, all great points about putting like our real world hats and spoiling it a little bit and going, you know what, if we really thought about this, yeah, this and is why like, this probably wouldn't work. Yeah. And then the lack of just professional boundaries, right? Like in, in media, I'm curious about your standpoint, like, are there, aren't there like walls that have to be up if you're interviewing subjects? Oh, absolutely. Jeff, definitely from a media standpoint. And if you worked as a PR comms professional working alongside that executive, there are definite boundaries. Like from for for your point, Katrina, about it, if you're a journalist and you're you fall in love with your subject, then your objectivity basically falls apart, right? So it it is on you to basically now say there's a conflict of interest. I need to step aside and give this assignment to somebody else while I figure out what my feelings are for this person. And then if you're a comms person and you say you're representing, say, the the Prince of Aldovia, <laughs> let's go back to that person, and, and you're the person who's setting up their interviews and setting up their press tours, then it's definitely, once again, conflict of interest. And it also clouds your judgment to represent this person properly. So you'd either have to, you have to make that call to decide whether you're going to go down the path of having a very strict personal relationship with this person, or you're just going to say, no, we can't do a personal relationship. We'll be professional. We've kind of seen that with some of the uh, some executives in the media i'm um, i'm thinking of jeff zucker recently where he had to step down from cnn cuz he had a conflict of in- interest because he was involved with somebody there so if you can imagine that this executive who says that he has a consensual relationship with somebody who works for the network and he's being told to step down then certainly if you're someone who's covering a figure, whether it's an executive of a company or a prince, that you'd also have to meet those same standards. So it's all about standards, but it's also all about love and the fiction and and what could be. So more power to them. And and apparently in A Christmas Prince, she does fall in love and get the guy and it was turned into a trilogy where we then saw the Christmas Prince, the wedding, and then Christmas Prince, you gotta have it, have the ending with a baby, right? So it ended with the baby. So happily ever after all around for the movies. Moving along though, another feature of these movies is the locations, right? And particularly it's always New York versus the small town. 
And as a person who grew up in New York City, in Brooklyn, I always get, I flinch a little bit because New, New York is played, is portrayed as this villainous city that's full of rude people and corporate raiders and, and the only nice thing is maybe Rockefeller Center. So from both of you, what, what do you think of the portrayals, this kind of caricature of New York and then the small town being quaint and so sweet and everybody loves each other and makes each other cocoa all the time? It sounds 100% accurate to me. <laughs> I, 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 they captured it exquisitely, I'm sure. It made me actually start wanting to research, like, who are the demographics? Like, where are the people located from, primarily that watch Hallmark? Because depending on where they're located, it probably makes sense to have that kind of just easy depiction of locations because it's always any small town right like we never know what small town it really is it's always any small town and then the people are always coming from new york right any yeah. small town or any tiny country like yeah. Aldo, apparently yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's true that that's true and it, it's the small country where you know it's it's goats or something that's the economy or, or something and they have to they have to modernize some way, you know, make turn the goats into AI now. I, I don't know. Um, but but for me, going back to my New York roots, I would like to see in a future movie, given that I'm from Brooklyn and the East Flatbush neighborhood, I would like to just see a nice romantic movie about people in East Flatbush, where we see the authentic East Flatbush with the Caribbean neighborhoods and the block party energy and people just falling in love on the subway. It won't happen, but I could always dream, right? <laughs> I love it. Who cares about that is die hard a Christmas movie debate? We care about what holiday movies you should be watching. And we have recommendations. So, Tara, let's start with you. Give us three holiday romance movies that we should be watching with a plot synopsis and where to find them. So the first one is going to be Nightmare Before Christmas. And I think a lot of people may not recognize that this is one, truly a holiday film and for Christmas. And it's a romance because it's a romance between Jack and Sally. So Jack is the scientist and he lives in Halloween town with Sally. And he's trying to discover, he happened upon Santa Claus and he's like, what is this? What is this Christmas thing? And Sally and him, you know, Sally sees him heading down this pathway and getting away from his Halloween town roots and hijinks ensues and their love story blossoms from there. So Aww. highly recommend The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, second movie, this one is kind of hard to find. It's called 200 Cigarettes. This is kind of like maybe like a love actually type of movie because it's about a bunch of different love stories. So it's about all these people headed to a New Year's Eve party in um, New York, and they're all trying to find dates before that. And so it's all about like, if you don't find a date before, before the clock starts 12, you're going to be cursed for the rest of your, you know, for your rest of your dating life. And it takes <gasps> the 80s. And so it's really great too, because you get to see like the eighties fashion and all of that with modern celebrities. And so it's really cute. And there are several love stories that blossom from that. Love it. And then the final one is a movie called This Christmas. I think that came out in 2007. So it has Loretta Devine, which I feel like she's in almost, I can see her in any kind of romantic holiday 
<laughs> movie. And so it's about this family and their different love stories with their grown up kids, the parents. And it's a really, really cute film. And I think isn't Idris Elba in that, you know, before yes, he, he became Idris Elba? <laughs> yeah, yes, he is in that. Him, Loretta Divine, Regina King, Chris Brown is in it. There's a lot of folks in this movie. So it's really, really good. Definitely check all of those three out. Thank you so much. And Katrina, we'll turn it to you. Well, I have to say, I'm not the biggest fan of the Christmas romance. I do want to check out that 100 Cigarettes movie that sounded... 200 Cigarettes, yeah. 200 Cigarettes. 100 is not enough. Cigarettes. So yeah, I want to check that out for sure. I've never, never heard of that. And it sounds, you know, it sounds interesting. But the only Christmas movie that I really can vouch for is The Family Stone. It's one of my favorite romance movies overall. It's with Diane Keaton as the matriarch of a family where all of the adult children come home for Christmas and one of them brings home his new fiance, which is played by, oh gosh, her name, Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) How could I forget that, right? So, and guess where she's from? <laughs> New York. She's the uptight, of course. Of yeah, course. She's the uptight New York fiance who comes comes home with him for Christmas. And I mean, long story short, you know, she the the family, she's not getting along well with the family, and her younger sister comes for moral support, and somehow, you know, some you know, I don't want to give away any spoilers, even though it's a really <laughs> old movie. Let's just say some partner swaps happen. People don't end up with who you think they're going to end up with. And somehow, somehow it's it's a brilliant romance movie. Awesome. And it, it's definitely become a classic. And one of those movies where you're like, I, I don't. I can't believe so-and-so is in there. Wait, is is that Sarah Jetman? And is that so-and-so? So that's a great recommendation. Thank you for that. As for me, I'm going the cheesy route. So I would recommend The Princess Switch can be found on Netflix. And it's a play on The Parent Trap where you have one person playing two people who look alike. And so it's the chef and a princess both played by Vanessa Hudgens. They switch places to see what each other's lives are like and they find love. And so the chef finds love with a prince and the princess finds love with the chef's best friend, who's a guy. Then you have a castle for Christmas. And I love this. This is also from Netflix. I love this because it stars Brooke Shields and she's a writer and somehow she has the money to buy a castle in Scotland. And it's a fixer-upper and it comes with a duke and he's a curmudgeon and she falls (laughs) in love. How about that? You get a home and a man at the same time. (laughs) And then finally, I liked Mistletoe and Menorahs and that was originally produced by Lifetime, but you can find it on Hulu and it's where a toy company executive who doesn't know much about Hanukkah has to learn about Hanukkah from a co-worker's friend so she can impress a buyer. And meanwhile, he wants to learn about Christmas from her so he can impress his girlfriend. He's the Jewish guy in this, this equation. And guess what? 
they fall in love. This holiday season, it's all about love. You can go the cheesy holiday movie route. You can go the definitely the, the traditional tried and true and high end and high, more highbrow movie route. But just find a good holiday movie. We're moving on the romance side, of course, uh, nudging you in that area. Um, to sit down with a cup of hot chocolate and just enjoy the junk food, as Katrina has said. That's it for Popcoms. Thank you to the magnificent Katrina Wilcox, our communications insider. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you. It was great to be here. And thank you to our pop culture enthusiast, Tara D. Thank you. It was so great to be here. And just amazing to have both of you on once again. We hope our holiday movie chat inspires you to whip out some popcorn and watch some cheesy holiday movies, as we've said, before the season ends. And sure, Valentine's Day is next and will spur more romance movies. But hey, we say why stop there? I ask you listeners, and I'm throwing it out to the panelists, what season should get romance movies and what's the plot? Here's my answer. I say tax season, tax season. And the plot should be two rival New York accountants fall in love while auditing a theme park preparing for spring break. I, I think that's a winner. So what do you think, Tara? Do you, what, what would you recommend? Okay, that was really good. I can't top that at all. Because I was going to say something like, I don't know, New Year's. But I like what you said. Tax season sounds great. <laughs> I'd watch that one. You'd watch that one. All right. So what about you, Katrina? Got got something to add? It is hard to beat tax season. You know, I, I don't know. I guess I'll go with Black History Month. And the theme of this movie is that a an AI researcher in the field of generative AI, whatever that is. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like where you're going. I like, I like yeah, where you're going. Uh, we can pick it up. Uh, we can pick it up. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm intrigued. Two, two, I'm like... <laughs> two generative AIs fall in love during Black History Month. <laughs> okay, if Hollywood is listening, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I was really going to try and make it like what I had been thinking hadn't been done yet was or needs to be added to this whole, you know, romance storyline is AI. And so a New York AI researcher who is like, so stressed out because she's working so hard on innovation that she doesn't have time for a relationship. She goes home for the holidays. And while hanging out in the old barn where she used to tinker as a young person, she finds an old model of this robot that she had been building named Hal. And so she starts putting, you know, working on him again and, and over time falls in love. <laughs> and it happens during Black History Month. It happens that she's a she's a black AI specialist. Love it. <laughs> what I got. It has all the elements. It has New York. It has the old town. It's got <laughs> it's got it all. Yep. And and that's what we want for these movies. That that's you you just gotta get the formula and mix up the stew and give it a new season. And I'm sure a lot of people would watch. 
actually, I think what should happen is while she's in the barn, you know, tinkering (laughs) with this old model, she makes some kind of wish, right? And then we see a little stars twinkling and I don't know, some old man she met at the supermarket earlier who looks suspiciously like St. Nick (laughs) happens to be walking by and hears her wish. And the next morning, you know, Hal has come alive and they're going around the town, helping all of her neighbors solve their problems. And, uh, you know, there you go. You have the beginning of a movie. <laughs> and and it happens during Black History Month. Yes, yes. <laughs> and she enters him into the town fair where everybody in the town is there. You know, it's like <laughs> some kind of town technology fair for the children. And, yeah. <laughs> and of course they win. that that is awesome that is the perfect plot you you added the the town fair and the kids you are on top of it i i know after this recording you're going to be working on a script i can just feel it and you listeners you tell us in the spotify q a what holiday season or season should get a romance movie next and what would the plot be tell us in the q a we'd love to hear from you that's it for popcoms thanks for listening we're out